On this episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, we'll be taking a look inside week five of the National Football League, including a Redskins loss to the New Orleans Saints, along with some college football upsets for week six. And we will also be taking a look at the push for the Major League Baseball World Series. That's all coming your way next on the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Oh, indeed. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. All righty. Episode 8 of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know where to find me on my social medias. I have said it every episode and... um. I will just link it down below in the description from now on. But make sure you find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for right now. Um, I'm thinking about getting an Instagram page soon. I I don't know. I I just want to branch out to a lot of people. Hopefully you all are enjoying the podcast so far. And this will be episode 8. I have with me again my buddy, the former JMU equipment manager who was featured on a previous episode, Christopher James Mintier. What's going on, buddy? Josh, it's a pleasure to be back on the show. (laughs) Thank you for saying my full name to all the people out there listening to the podcast. Yes, people, that is my real name. Let's talk some real sports here, Josh. Oh, yeah, definitely. Insane. So, um, first off, um... This is a very depressing day for me because the Redskins did not show up to play in New Orleans. And um, what what a terrible game that was. Like, I, I don't know if you watched it, but I wasted three hours of my life watching that game. And the only takeaway I could get from that is the Redskins had two weeks to prepare and they just did not get the job done. And Drew Brees broke Brett Favre and Peyton Manning's record for all-time pass yards. And it just had to come off a long touchdown pass where the Redskins' defense did pretty much not tackle the receiver, and he just walked into the end zone. Like, terrible tackling there, but um, congratulations to Drew Brees, probably one of the best of all time with – my um, favorite being Aaron Rodgers, but um, Drew Brees, I'm thinking second or third favorite because I'm not sure where Tom Brady would be on there, but um, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the biggest thing for me was there was no pretty much he didn't tackle. He didn't tackle him <laughs> on the way to the end zone. That play was drawn up perfectly. You couldn't have gotten a better play for Drew Brees to finish off the record because he's been doing that his whole career. I mean, the biggest thing for me in that game was that you were not going to beat the New Orleans Saints when they knew that Drew Brees was going to win and beat the record. There was just no way that the Redskins were going to have a chance. And on top of that, they got out of there with people hurt. Adrian Peterson, I believe he dislocated his shoulder. Yeah, he dislocated his shoulder and popped it back in at halftime. That's a grown man right there. He's an old man, but he's a grown man (laughs) still. Yeah, yeah, but um, pretty much. um, Apparently, he's not expected to miss any time, which is great. Other injuries, um, Chris Thompson with a rib injury, Paul Richardson with a knee injury, and Vernon Davis with a hamstring injury. So, three key people on the offense for the Redskins that hopefully won't miss any time but um it's unfortunate um they got hurt and I'm I'm hoping that if they're out they won't be out for long because we need all the help we can get in our crappy NFC East division to try to keep first place we're two and two and we're still in first place it's crazy to me how you guys are in first place when the Super Bowl champs are struggling right now. The whole division is struggling. Even your guys' running back position is decimated right now. Two of those players are out. Technically, the best running back in the NFC is NFC East is from New York and Saquon Barkley, and they still aren't able to do anything with him. I'm sorry. I forgot about Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sorry I forgot about you. Please don't hate me. And, (laughs) I mean, you – you guys just need to keep pushing. It's good to be hurt early and not later, yeah. luckily. Just like last season, the Redskins, like, 
piled up injuries, piled up injuries. Chris Thompson actually got um, hurt out for the season that, that one was game. That a big loss for you guys. Yeah, Chris Thompson. last season, and um, and that's the game we choked against New Orleans. That that was a terrible game as well. So sensing a pattern here when it comes to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, but um, the only time I remember beating New Orleans is RG 3s first game as a Redskin. That man, he just lit it up. But man, hopefully the Redskins injuries um they will get better but um i wanted to throw out a stat from you from dan steinberg on twitter and the redskins record on monday night football this century 5 and 21 12 of the losses were by double digits 7 of the losses were at least by 20 points only the redskins and the bills have monday night football winning percentages below 0.200 this century their average margin in Monday Night Football games is now negative 10.4. I'm surprised by that because the Bills are never on Monday night, and I'm not <laughs> surprised, and that's why I guess you see the Redskins in that stat with the Bills because I never see them on Monday night. Yeah, and the Redskins always get a Monday night contest, and it's ridiculous. And I look at the schedule at the beginning of each season, and I'm like – yeah, the Redskins are on Monday night. That's a guaranteed loss. Like, at, like Kirk Cousins couldn't get anything done. I mean, Alex Smith beat them Monday night football. The Chiefs at Arrowhead, they beat them 23-20. to But Alex Smith moving to the Redskins, not much change. It's just, I guess the Redskins can't handle prime time. I'm not really sure what it is, but um, huh, it's just bizarre i just don't understand why like it's a football game who cares what day of the week it is like seriously sunday sunday night monday i mean seriously any day of the week you should come out and be prepared to win and that's obviously not what the redskins came out to do with a bye week i mean i just hope that the redskins can at least give us a showing because it hasn't been the best season so far. Well, it hasn't been the best season in a while. I mean, you talk about your last Super Bowl was in, what, 1991? And, I mean, your Redskins, they need to start making some good draft picks. You got a lot of older guys on your team right now. And who's your best receiver right now on your offense? Jeez. Yeah, that, that's a tough question. I, I'd say right now Paul Richardson. And he has already been in the league for a couple years with Seattle. Yeah. And coming over to Washington now, you got to find a nice young receiver who could take over the team. Because I remember last year or the year before, it was Terrell Pryor who was supposed to be your best receiver, and he didn't do much at all. Yep, he, he got benched. That was a terrible move. I don't even think the Redskins should have picked him up in the first place. So, Well, who do you guys have this week coming up? Uh, Carolina. Well... After winning off of a 63-yard <laughs> field goal, that I, was think ridiculous. Should, I think you should really have a little bit of hope because they got very lucky in hey, that game no, against the, New yeah, York. But uh, another thing, that 63-yard field goal was by Graham Gano, a former Redskin. I mean, that game had so many good plays in it, too. Did you see the Odell Beckham pass to uh, Saquon Barkley? Oh, yeah, that, that was crazy. Like... Like I, I saw some of that game, and wow, like back and forth, back and forth. And the trick play, Odell, like I, I was impressed. I didn't really think he could throw, but, you know, Pat Shermer had confidence in both of them, and they executed the play better than Tom Brady in the New England special. <laughs> when he dropped the ball, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody remembers the Philly Philly special. But no one remembers the drop pass that Tom Brady had, and he probably could have juked Malcolm Jenkins to the end zone after that play. No, oh, yeah, yeah. But um, let's look at some stats here for the Redskins. Um, Alex Smith, n- uh, nothing too eye popping. Just um, twenty three for thirty nine, two hundred seventy five yards. Um, with a rush TD and an interception, so no passing TDs for the night. And Drew Brees to break the record when 26 for 29, 
363 yards and three touchdowns. Only three incomplete passes? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a defensive problem there, Josh, especially when it's – my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, another problem with that. Like, the defensive penalties were ridiculous. Like, Ryan Kerrigan had a sack and then a um, unsportsmanlike conduct after a guy um, – I forget who the player was, but the Redskins player pushed the guy to the ground after Kerrigan made a sack. Like, seriously, like, I thought the Redskins' defense could do better than this, but they're getting burned left and right with touchdowns. Like, as you can see, Drew Brees, three touchdowns, and um, the penalties just gave the Saints first downs all, all the way down. And, like, can't you can't beat the Saints with just field goals because – Drew Brees, he, he's going to burn you up, and that's what he did to the Redskins on Monday night. Josh, I think it's time to move on from the Redskins segment because there's not much good to talk about with them at all. Yeah. yeah. One more thing before we move on, CJ. Um, the run game, once again, was not established. Chris Thompson, only eight carries for 17 yards. Capri Bibbs, four carries for nine yards and a touchdown. And Adrian Peterson, before he dislocates his shoulder, four carries for six yards. As I said before, they need to establish the run game, and that didn't happen. And that's another pro, uh, issue on why the Redskins lost. So um, it's in the books now. Hopefully next week they'll come out and perform better at home against Carolina. But 19-43, to final score, Monday Night Football. Let's look at some other Week 5 scores for you. Um, who should we start off with, CJ? I think we have to go Kansas City-Jacksonville oh for my, the big one. Oh, my gosh, yes. Kansas City. Like, I was I was talking my other podcast. Um, is Patrick Mahomes going to be an elite quarterback in this NFL? Um, I, I think I, I asked Josh that question. But I want to ask you now, is Patrick Mahomes a, an elite quarterback in the National Football League? Right or now, will he be? Right now, I do have to agree with your friend Josh by saying that he does have a lot of the pieces around him to make him such a good quarterback, including a great running back. I mean, Kareem Hunt can do it all, block, pat, catch, and also run the ball very well. The problem, though, that I have with the Chiefs right now, though, is that you have got to understand that this has happened the past two years where they will go on a run and just fall off a cliff. Last year, they go to the wild card and lose to Tennessee. They started out 5-0, and just yeah. like they are right now, yep. and they lost to Tennessee. Yeah, that, that doesn't make Redskins fans feel any better with Alex Smith on their center and not winning <laughs> a wild card game. And then the previous year... They went on a seven-game winning streak, and they finished 12-4 and and losing the divisional round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, these guys have got to be battle-tested late into the year. They got us they, – they can't have any injuries coming into this season because I'm telling you, Patrick Mahomes is on fire right now. To go up against Jacksonville and do what he did – I mean, we all saw what happened on Monday night when he threw with his left hand for a first down. Oh we already saw that, and that was incredible. Yeah, he has more passes with his left hand than he does interceptions. That's very true. <laughs> and, I mean, well, actually now he he threw an interception this week. Yeah. Oh. So it's equal now. So we're all good there. But – to go up against Jacksonville, especially after the talk that Jalen Ramsey and Tyreek Hill were having all week about just trash-talking each other. I mean, to go in there, and there was one play, only one, though, where Tyreek Hill did burn him. But Kansas City deserved that win. They were the bigger dogs in that fight. Yep. And um, that score was 30-14, to 14, Kansas City. Um, Bills and Titans. 13 to 12. Man, like, I don't get Tennessee, man. I just don't get them. I just don't. Because you just beat the Super Bowl champs the previous week, and you beat Jacksonville the previous week as well, when Mariota didn't even have feeling in his hand when he was throwing. You beat two teams that are good teams. And then you go to Buffalo against a rookie quarterback, and you just – you suck it up. I, I don't understand. I just don't get Tennessee 
I just don't. I don't it seems like Tennessee is a very inconsistent team along with Buffalo. Um, 13 to 12 yeah. was the final score. Yeah, does um, do you think Tennessee has a shot of making it to the playoffs with their inconsistency? I still think that they can because the AFC South is so jumbled and they could probably still make it in as a wild card team because Jacksonville is a good team. But their kryptonite has always been Tennessee. Last year, they made it to the playoffs, but they two of their losses were to Tennessee. I mean, their kryptonite has been Tennessee the past couple of years, and Mariota has been one of those reasons for it. But I still think that they can make a wild card position. We'll, see, we'll have to see how Deshaun Watson and Houston take control, though, because J.J. Watt is on fire right now, and it's good to see him back playing. Yeah. And um, moving on here, um, in the episode where I had Jonah on the phone, we implemented putts of the week. And I'm going to go ahead and choose my putts of the week game, the Browns-Ravens game, in overtime. Like, seriously? Like, j- just like that Jags and Titans game, 6-9, to nine, that score. And putts of the week just... Why can't you get a drive down for a touchdown? Instead, they're just kicking field goals, and the Browns ended up winning off a knuckleball field goal. Explain to me, Josh, what does putts of the week basically mean? Now, putts of the week is basically just um, like a joke, you know, like just fail or something. Okay, you know, you understand. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it's like just like. I, I can't really explain it that well, but it's like like the joke of the week, you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, then for me, my putts of the week would have to be Green Bay versus Detroit. I mean, Mason Crosby missed four field goals in an extra point. And then finally, at the end of the game with three seconds left, they let him kick a field goal just so he could get his confidence back to end the game. Wow. I mean, you have the game won if you make those field goals and you give your team confidence, but every single time you would go down after the kick was gone, you would just see Mason Crosby hunched over going, yep, there's another one. Are they going to cut him by the end of this week? Mason Crosby? Yeah. You kidding me? The Packers are too, they're not that type of team just to let anybody go. They're one of those organizations that will continue to fight, but it was just a bad week for Packers football in that aspect. Yeah, and um, man, the Lions, like, they haven't played well, but they've shown up the past couple of weeks. They're getting wins, Josh. Yeah, they're, and that's all that matters. Yeah, they're, they're showing up. Like, they beat the Patriots and here against the Packers, and like, the Lions are turning things around, and I think Matt Patricia is a great coach for them so far. And I, I don't know. Um, it's going to be close, but I, I think the Lions might have a shot at making it to the playoffs. I mean, they're just going to have to go through that dreaded NFC North division because I don't see anyone stopping Chicago in that division. That fluke loss to Green Bay in the first week, going into Lambeau is such a hard environment to win. And especially when they see Aaron Rodgers come back from an injury. They're like, my God, this dude's Iron Man, and they can't do anything about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's why Aaron Rodgers is the greatest of all time. We will talk about this another time, Josh. <laughs> we will not discuss it right now. But Chicago's defense is unbelievable right now. A complete turnaround from last year, and Mitchell Trubisky is on fire. Yeah, Khalil, I- Khalil Mack, he is hands down going to be like, what what he's hands down gonna be a pro bowler i almost said rookie of the year and i was like what no everyone seems to think like pro bowler matters what really matters to an nfl player is that you're an all pro because he's gonna be all pro i guarantee it there's first team all pro and there's second team all pro which means you are the best player at your position in the entire nfl out of all the players at your position you are the number one player the number two player and Khalil Mack, he is the first player in NFL history to be named All-Pro for defensive end and outside linebacker on the same year. In one season, he was named All-Pro. I mean, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Bears right now. They yeah, I, I I think Khalil Mack he he has a good shot of winning that again. So, and that score was let me find it on my score sheet here. Oh my gosh, the Bears. The Bears were on a bye, Josh. Oh yeah, they were on a bye. Yeah, we were talking about week one. What's wrong with me? <laughs> All right, uh, moving on here. Um, how, how about the Rams? The Rams are on fire. I don't see anyone stopping them. Yeah. I just don't. You go into Seattle, that's already a tough environment. Russell Wilson does not lose in Seattle. He just doesn't. And they were on fire against Minnesota. And to keep it rolling in Seattle, to beat them just by two, that you just need to get the win. Jared Goff has just imp- impressed me since last yeah. year. The he- first season, my God, he was... His, that offense was just not made for him, though. And I completely understand that. Jeff Fisher did not have a good offense around Jared Goff. They were 32nd in total offense back when Jeff Fisher was the coach two years ago. Last year, they were first in total offense with Sean McVay's offense. And now, they're rolling it down, man. They're, he had a perfect passer rating against Kirk Cousins in the Vikings' defense. Yeah. Like... At, like you said, Jared Goff, I, I think now the Rams, nobody's going to stop them. Like, um, I, I'm still going to go with my Vi- the Vikings when, uh, going to the Super Bowl and winning. But, but you, you know, there's some speculation about my pick now because the Vikings <laughs> haven't been playing so well. But the Rams, I think they're going to be another, another team that makes it deep and um, – Thankfully, they have Cooper Cup, who, which is a great wide receiver. He is the flex on one of my fan, like maybe two or three of my fantasy teams. So he scores me a lot of points week to week. The only thing I will say though about the Rams is that they have got to be pre- prepared for a new breed when it comes to the playoffs. It's all win or lose or go home. That's all it is. Yep. And so when the Rams get into the playoffs, they have to have the mentality. We have to go all out. There's no there's no strings attached. You gotta go all out because last year they were a good offense, but they lost to Atlanta in the wild card round. Yeah. I, I was really surprised about that wild card loss because I thought the Rams could have done a lot better in that game and um for the Falcons to win, I, I was very surprised. I had the Rams winning that too. So moving on here, let let's see, how about um Vikings-Eagles. One of the things that I hated about watching that game was the roughing the passer penalty that was called. Because I don't understand what a defensive lineman is supposed to do anymore. Thanks to your greatest quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers, this whole landing on the quarterback rule is implemented because he broke his collarbone last year. And now you can't even go low you can't go high you can't hit him in the chest you can't fall on him what are you supposed to do and the michael bennett penalty that happened my god that was an awful call (laughs) he's being pushed into the ground and he so happens to lead his arms out and he so happens to tackle kirk cousins now of course Kirk plays a part in that by flopping a little bit just to make the ref feel passionate for him. But my (laughs) God, that game was just awful because that was such a huge turning point for the Vikings that the Eagles just fell apart after that. Yeah, like that one roughing the passer call, like he had him at his feet. Like that was, there was no way. If I was a referee, I wouldn't even call that. Because, There's no intention there. Yeah, he just fell back. Like, he just had his feet. He had nowhere to go, and he fell back. How is that roughing the passer? And I will the NFL fix the rule or anything? I, I'm not really sure what the NFL officiating staff and Al Riveron has going on in New York, but... Hopefully they can get this fixed because if not, th- this might become the National Flag Football League or something. For the quarterbacks, yeah. I've been saying it for months. Just give them a red jersey. They wear it in practice. Why not wear it in a game? Because that's the way it's headed right now. Yeah, but that would not be fun because if you give him time in the pocket and can't tackle him. Well, I mean, an NFL game right now is kind of like a practice uh when I was an equipment manager, we had practice schedules, and 
a drill was called Pascal. And that was only for skilled position players. No linemen, no nothing. That's what the NFL is turning into right now. You don't need linemen. You don't need defensive linemen. You don't need offensive linemen because the quarterback is just going to get a flag for him anyway. That's what it's turning into now. Just yeah. let him run the ball and let him pass the ball around because that's what it's turning into right now. Yep, yep. So um, that game was 23-21 to 21 Eagles in NFC East. Another loss, um, NFC East Week 5 went 0-4, which is pretty sad. The NFC East is probably going to be one of the worst divisions in football right now. It's a shame, too, because the Eagles were such a fun team to watch last year. I know you're a Redskins fan, but they had such swagger to them in the playoffs, especially even in the Super Bowl. I mean, to have the balls to call the Philly Philly special against Bill Belichick, he's usually the guy who calls that on you. And Doug Peterson, I mean, he has the balls to do that. And I'm very – and I was very happy to see that because not many teams do that against the Patriots. Yeah, and um, going to another NFC East uh, NFC East team, um, the Texans beat the Cowboys 19-16 to in overtime. And the big question in that game – why did Jason Garrett punt in overtime? I mean, I, I was happy because the Texans ended up winning. And you of course know, you were. <laughs> I, and I'm a Redskins fan, but why in the world would Jason Garrett punt? And Jerry Jones said he didn't agree with it at all. What? Jerry Jones doesn't agree with Jason Garrett for once in his career? <laughs> I mean, the man hasn't won a playoff game since he was a head coach, but he's still the head coach there. Sure, he probably has this feeling around his players and the players like him. But, I mean, he makes some decisions that cost them games. And this was another one. I don't understand why he's still the head coach there because he is just like Marvin Lewis with the Cincinnati Bengals. He has been the head coach there for 15 years now. They have not won a playoff game in 15 and years. And he's still there. And he's still there. Yeah, it's that, crazy. Yeah, that that's still crazy in my mind. Marvin Lewis is still there, but um, and he still defends Vontez Perfect till this day. And my God, he is the dirtiest player in the NFL right now. Oh my gosh, yeah. So um, that's a, that's the nineteen to sixteen overtime loss. That was the Sunday night football game. And um, looking at some more scores, how about your Steelers getting it done against the Atlanta Falcons? The Falcons are seem to be really struggling this year. We're seeing so many hangover teams this year, and the Steelers are another one. I mean, 2-2-1, two, two and one, you tie the Browns in the week one, and now you're playing Atlanta, and your offense looked in cahoots with each other. I mean, they were... On fire, Antonio Brown, they were talking the whole game about Antonio Brown and Ben aren't having this connection and this and that. And then they throw two touchdown passes to each other. And James Conner has been showing up. And it just speaks volumes about how Le'Veon Bell is does not make or break this team. He doesn't. And did you hear about what actually happened with Le'Veon Bell and another deal that we made with him? We actually gave him another contract for three years, $47 million, and he declined it. Oh, wow, that's great. He's still on the bench on my fantasy team. So Yes, Josh, because that is the most important part of your season is your fantasy team. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to win, but yeah. I, mean, I, I just have Le'Veon on the bench week to week. Hopefully he'll make a return, but I'm not really sure what to do with him. So he's just chilling on the bench when I... And he'll go to another team next season that'll pay him the money that he wants, and he will never win a thing. Yeah. I promise you, because the Pittsburgh Steelers are just like the New England Patriots. In the fact that they will say, uh, no, we will not give you that money. We will give you two years, $10 million, and you will probably go to a Super Bowl. How's that sound? No? Okay, then you can go. Or you can go to the New York Jets, who haven't won a Super Bowl since 1969, and they'll say, yeah, we'll pay you six years, $100 million. We'll pay you that money. That's the difference between NFL franchises right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, obviously, 
I don't think the Steelers are bought on Le'Veon Bell for this season. I, I just think yeah, sort of similar to a Kirk Cousins situation. So yeah, I, I just think it's going down that route that Le'Veon Bell, he probably won't be with the Steelers next year. I agree with that. So um, yeah, I, I just don't know. But it's looking more to be like a Kirk Cousins sort of situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on here, um, how about Chargers-Raiders, 26-10? to 10. Ra- Raiders, the $100 million head coach, and he's only 1-4? I mean, John Gruden has to start fresh with a new team. I mean, yeah, he is the head coach, so he is to blame for a lot of the losses. But you have to remember that this guy can turn a program around. I mean, he came into Tampa Bay in 2002. Now, of course, that was in 2002, but he brought him a championship team. John Gruden, if you ever watch him on Monday night, he studies the game just as good as anyone. He knows so much about the players on the field and off the field that he's thrown into a system right now where he isn't able to examine anybody. Once this season is over and he gets a feel for his players and the recruits and the draft picks that come in, I believe this team could be good here in a couple of years because he knows how each player works and exactly what they need to do to get on the field and be good on the field. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I think with John Gruden, I'm not sure if I said this in a previous podcast or not, but um, I just think him going back to coaching, I think the league's changed a lot since he was last coaching. So I think it's a big adjustment for him, but um, I, I think he can turn it around and like a pretty big deal given by the Raiders. So um, he, I, I think that the Raiders organization has faith in him that he will get the job done eventually. May probably another Super Bowl to come. I mean, the thing for me is that he was the Raiders coach for a little bit. I mean, that organization knows him as good as any organization out there and knows what he's capable of doing. And so I believe they have the utmost trust in him uh, for the upcoming seasons. Yep. Yep. G- great point there. So, um, Moving on, are there any other games you want to talk about this week? I I know you did game notes just like I did. The big game that I want to talk about is New England versus Indy because New England has Kansas City coming up this week on Sunday Night Football primetime. Ooh, two primetime games in a row. I know. And the thing is, is that, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, you have beaten Jacksonville and you've gone to mile high, you've beaten Denver. Now you have a third game in a row, and can you beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in Foxborough on primetime football? If you can do this, then I have the utmost faith in you because right now New England, guess how many points they've scored in the past two games? They've scored 72 points in two games, okay? Wow. I mean, when I hear that, after the Patriots were doing so bad at the beginning of the season, people were still writing them off. Have they not learned anything about New England? When they <laughs> look off one week, they are a machine the next. Yeah, it I just I, is. I did not write them off when they lost to the Lions. Well, that's very smart. Yeah. Because I don't understand when people back in 2014, that Monday night game against the Chiefs, when they lost 41 to 14, I think it was, and everyone was saying, oh, Tom Brady's old, he's done. And then they won the Super Bowl that season. So, I mean, can the Chiefs do it against New England? I don't know because it is Foxborough, and Brady doesn't lose often in Foxborough. The only plus I'll give to the Chiefs is that last year they did beat him in Foxborough. So we'll have to see. But New England right now is looking good because they've scored 72 points in two yeah. games. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, to have an offense that was questioned against the Lions to now, it's we'll have to see what happens, but they're looking good right now. Yeah, so my, my thing with that game, I, I think this will be the, one of the toughest tests for Patrick Mahomes. This is his first season starting. He's 5-0. and He's looking great. And if he, he can manage to pull it out, 
beat the Patriots, that's going to be really good for his resume. And I, I just think he will improve a lot off of that. Like, um, th- this is just going to be a big test for this Chiefs team. I mean, any team that goes up against New England has to think, we have got to play perfect. There is no one screw-up against this team. This is a team that prides itself on being perfect every single week because they have the greatest quarterback of all time. And now you're going to get the best quarterback in the NFL trying to beat the Patriots in Foxborough. Yep. So um, that's the Sunday night game, prime time. I will definitely tune into that one. So um, moving on here, we week five NFL to a close. And moving on, I want to talk a little bit college football, your expertise. And um, the, first off, I, I want to get your thoughts. Elon beat JMU. Wow. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and you, you've you been with the team a while. You know a lot about JMU. W- what did JMU do wrong? Well, the thing about Elon is that two years ago, they were a 2-9 and nine program. They had a good defense, but their coaching staff was not the best for their team. So the next year comes, which was last year, and they had a complete overhaul. New coaching staff. And they turned them into a 7-4 and four team. And we still beat them down there at Elon 31-3. to and uh, But you could tell that they were a turned-around program because the year before, the score was 63-14. to And now this year, everybody wants a piece of the Dukes, no matter who you are. They, they want a piece of James Madison. And when Elon was like, we have nothing to lose, we're just going to go in there and we're going to try and beat JMU. I mean, JMU had the game won. They were winning 24-20, to 20, and then you had a pass on an out route to the tight end. He fumbles the ball with three minutes left in the game. Your offense lost the game right there because couldn't hold on to the ball. Now, of course, the defense gave up 27 points, but they're on the field the whole time. If you look at the time of possession in that game, I guarantee Elon's time is doubled of that. And so I question the offense and just the whole game in general, because you guys didn't prepare for Elon. I feel as good as you should have, because they wanted a piece of you and they got it. And great insight there. Um, who do they have next week coming up this week? They go up to Philly and they play Villanova Villanova. this week away. Yes. All right. Yeah. So, um, We'll get your thoughts on that game next week. Um, Another game, um, Pitt and Syracuse in overtime. Pitt hasn't been looking good this college football season, but they managed to get an overtime win against Syracuse. Your your thoughts on that? Syracuse is a kryptonite for a lot of teams, including Clemson. And for Pitt, old George Aston of Sharando and his team to go in there oh, yeah. and beat Syracuse is a great win for that program. Because, yeah, you're right. They were stinking it up for the first couple of weeks. But to beat Syracuse, who's a kryptonite to a lot of teams, is very good. Now, of course, it wasn't overtime, but a win is a win. So you got to be happy about that. Yeah, and um, for those of you who don't know, um, Sharando High School, the High school I attended. CJ unfortunately attended Millbrook, but I, I won't. Why hold, are you bringing that up? <laughs> I, I I won't hold it against him. But um, G- George, a great member of the Sharanda Warriors football team, and he is in his last year with Pitt football. So it, it's a joy getting to watch him play. Um, how he develops and um, he he's caught in a handful of touchdowns at the fullback position so far over his years so um moving on now another um close game um nc state boston college i mean when jmu played nc state the first week they were talking about how good their quarterback was uh for nc state and they could say that he could be a high draft pick and boston college's defense has been known for great players. Luke Keekley is one of the best players in the NFL. Probably not 
if not the best linebacker in the NFL. They are they give great defensive players. And for NC State to show their power against them because they have one of the best defensive linemen in the country as well in Boston, at Boston College. So that's a good win for NC State because their quarterback needed to show up against a good defense. Yeah. And moving on here, an ACC battle, Miami beating Florida State, coming from behind 28-27. to 27. But Florida State's just not looking too good so far. Like, I mean, Virginia Tech obviously beat them pretty bad in the first week. And um, uh, what are your thoughts on why LSU blew that game? Uh, excuse me, FSU and um, – what does FSU need to do to get better? The thing for me is that those two teams play each other. Is it every single year that they'll play each other? Yeah, it's an ACC rivalry. I mean, they play each other tough. And last year, same same scenario. Those two, Miami was ranked, Florida State wasn't, and those two had to fight to the last minute to win the game. I mean, FSU, I don't understand them because – they used to be such a good program back in 2013 and 2014. And now with Jimbo Fisher gone, I don't know. Because they need to look at the quarterback position and also look at the offensive line. Because that offensive line has not been doing very well for their quarterback, DeAndre Johnson. and DeAndre Francois, excuse me. And... They need to look at some positions and go, okay, this is what we need to fix. Because DeAndre Francois can get it done. He just needs an offensive line who can actually guard him. Because, once again, here comes Syracuse. They shock Florida State. And, like I said, they're a kryptonite to some teams. And that offensive line was to blame that game. Yeah. So, next week, um, Miami has who again? Do you remember? Miami? No, no, unfortunately, no. Yes, I, 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 I had it on the top of my head, but I forgot. I, I was going to mention that, but I guess I'm not now. Um, any other scores you want to look at off our big sheet of scores? The big one is Texas Oklahoma, man. Oh yeah. I mean, that game was so good to watch because it was such a back and forth. It was such a back and forth type of game that. In the end, you were happy to see Texas finally win. Now, it sucks because Kyler Murray is a great player. He did all he could do in that game because that Texas offense was putting up some yardage against that Oklahoma defense. The thing for me, though, is that that Oklahoma defense needs some stars around them because you go back to the Rose Bowl against Georgia, I'm sorry, that, like Baker Mayfield did all he could in that game. Yeah. I don't know what else he has to do to win them that game. And now in this game, you put up 42 points and you still lose? That says something. That really does. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a really good, close game. I didn't really get to watch some of it. But in college, if you see a close game on the scoreboard, it was probably a dogfight or something. So um, I, I know you wanted to look at um, – Iowa State and Oklahoma State. What are your thoughts on that game? They're another kryptonite of Oklahoma State because Iowa State, was it at Oklahoma State this year, I'm assuming? I believe it was. Because last year, Iowa State beat Oklahoma in Iowa State. That's crazy. They beat Baker Mayfield and the Sooners. And they are just a good team when it comes to ranked opponents. I don't understand. They're in a tough conference. The Big 12 is a tough conference to win games. But when they have a chance at good teams, they have nothing to lose. They they will say, hey, this week we're pulling another shocker because they have done that before. Back when Brandon Whedon was the quarterback oh, geez, of the Oakland. Brandon Whedon. Yes, sir. Man, <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> and back when he was the quarterback of the – Oklahoma State Cowboys, Iowa State beat them, and they were the number two team in the country at the time. So Iowa State is one of those teams like Syracuse that can pull off upsets and shock them. And they did it again this week because Iowa State, you just can't overlook them. 
You just can't. Great insight there, CJ. Um, before we move on, any other games you want to talk about? I do have to give a special shout-out to the Florida LSU game because I don't know if any of you out there have heard what happened to Florida's football team, but after their game against Mississippi State, the equipment truck actually caught on fire on the way back to Florida's campus. And there's a whole article out there about how um, most of the equipment was actually burned. There's pictures of the helmets and the paint and the face masks and the padding inside of the helmets is completely melted. I mean, their equipment was completely destroyed. And to go out this week on a fast and short week and beating LSU, number five LSU for that matter, what I got to give a shout out to Florida and their equipment staff and just the team in general to deal with the type of week that they had and beat the Tigers at the swamp. Man, their equipment truck caught on fire. Yes. I, I have a feeling if that was JMU, you'd be crying. It would be a long day. I can tell you that. <laughs> it would be a long a day. A lot of overtime. So um, before we move into the MLB push for the World Series, Week 6 in the NFL starts off with an NFC East matchup, the Eagles and Giants. Then Sunday, the Panthers at the Redskins, Buccaneers and the Falcons, Seahawks and Raiders, the Colts and the Jets, the Cardinals and the Vikings, your Steelers and the Bengals, the Chargers and the Browns, Bills and the Texans, Bears and the Dolphins, the Rams and the Broncos, the Ravens and the Titans, the Jaguars and the Cowboys, the Chiefs and the Patriots, the 49ers and the Packers to cap it all off on Monday night. Any games you're looking for week six? Notable games. I mean, a big one would have to be the Bears and Dolphins because the Dolphins did start off very hot. They were one of the only undefeated teams left. And now Chicago coming off of a bye week. Let's see if they still got the mojo in them to go down there and beat the Dolphins. As well as, as I said before, Kansas City and New England is going to be a good game to watch. Yeah, and we'll see definitely. if Patrick Mahomes can take it home there in Foxborough. Definitely. I, I, do, I do agree. The Chiefs and Patriots is the game to watch. So that was your Week 5 preview Week six college football preview. And we're moving on here to October baseball. I, I, I will say right now, I haven't wa- watched a lot of playoff. You're a disgrace. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've been way too busy. I mean, it, it feels like these divisional rounds are like so short. Like, it's not, they're not seven game series. And I'm like, wow, that ended so quickly. It's, I, the first couple rounds of the playoffs, I just don't understand. It just goes by like that. And, and the teams have no room for error at all. Yeah. There's no room, especially in the wild card. You got one game, and that's it. Yeah, like, if you look at the score line here, I mean, you can see um, the Rockies and Cubs in the NL wild card game. The Rockies beat the Cubs. I was surprised about that game. 2-1 to one in 13 innings. And I thought the Cubs were going to – make it past the wild card, but I was surprised they didn't. I mean, this has gone back a couple years. You're in a tough division. You have a good record, but you're in a tough division, so you have no choice but to play in the wild card. You only got one game for error, and it so happens to be against the second-best team in the NL West, the Colorado Rockies. And so I can see why the Cubs lost, just because there's no room for error. And you make one mistake, and that's it. Yeah. And the Athletics um, and the Yankees, Yankees beat them 7-2. to two. I mean, the Yankees, everyone knew that they wanted to see the Red Sox and Yankees in a, in a game series again. And, I mean, the Yankees, you got to go with the Bronx and you got to beat them in a one-game series. I don't see that happening for the Athletics. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then... The marquee matchup of the divisional round um, would be the Yankees and the Red Sox. The like you, you know their story, the Yankees and the Red Sox rivalry, and the Red Sox beat them three games to one. I mean, the Red Sox are the best team 
in the AL. Everyone thinks that the Astros can beat them now. I'm not so sure. The Red Sox, the Red Sox, when they're in the playoffs, it's good for sports. It's one of those teams in America that everyone's like, okay, I'll root for the Red Sox because back in 2004, 2007, 2013, when they won those World Series, everyone was like, oh, not too bad, Boston. I'm actually kind of happy for you because it's a city that, that prides itself on baseball. It really does. And so to beat the Yankees, they look unstoppable right now, especially after a game where I think the score was 16-1 to in a playoff game. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. In a playoff game, wow. Yeah. Um, how about the Astros shutting out the Cleveland Indians three games to nothing? They're the defending champs, man. Yeah. They, I, I think – the Astros are going to give the Red Sox a real test. Oh, it's going to be a good pennant series. Yes. It's going to be a great They're, series. And get, get to Game 7, that's going to... I would say so, yes. It's going to be a good series. I, I, no, hands down, I think that game's going to get a 7 right away. And um, looking over at the NL side, the Dodgers beat the Braves three games to one. I have... So many people that I work with at work that are Braves fans, and they were so heartbroken because the Braves for a couple years now have not been a good team. And finally, they get this surge this year. But, of course, it has to be against the Dodgers in the first round. And, of course, they just fall short, even with a grand slam against them in game three. Man, that, yeah, I saw, I saw that. That was crazy. The whole crowd erupted. I mean, it was great for the yeah. city, absolutely. Yeah, and the Brewers shut out the Rockies three games to none. So the Brewers and the Dodgers, um, interesting series or a blowout? <laughs> I mean, to see Milwaukee in the in the uh, championship series, I'm surprised. I still don't think they got it, though. The Dodgers are battle-tested this late into the season. Yeah. It's all the time that they have made it this far into the playoffs and I just don't see them being the Dodgers I hope they prove me wrong I would love to see someone else but the Dodgers representing the NL in the World Series but I still think the Dodgers will get it done all right and um your picks who's in the World Series and who's winning I'm going Red Sox and Dodgers and who wins Red Sox and I'm gonna have to go Red Sox Dodgers as well with the Red Sox winning. So. All right. We're, yeah, <laughs> we we're, agree on something. Yeah, we're on the same page here. So that wraps up Episode 8 of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. CJ, thank you so much for tuning in again, sir. It's been a great pleasure. You are the man. Any last thoughts for the podcast? It's, it's a pleasure to be on this show. I'm glad that I could talk about 53 minutes worth of sports with you, man. That was awesome. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't trade that 53 minutes for the world. I, oh, I, I, I would love to trade that three hours I watched watching the Redskins lose for something else, but, you know. This could be equal to that, man. <laughs> We're okay on that. Yeah. But it's a pleasure, and I hope to be back on here soon. Yeah, no, definitely. You are always welcome on the show. And um, for all my listeners out there, um. I, I'm hoping we will have CJ on the show more and more often. So um, stay tuned for that. And um, I appreciate every one of you uh, listening today. And I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Until next week, Josh Kirby saying so long. Have a great rest of your day.